Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women here in northern Japan and the creator of the Jumpstart course and the Women in Japan Mastermind. So thank you for listening again. I've had so many wonderful feedbacks from people about um, various episodes that they liked, um, especially a lot of great feedback feedback about um, the episode with Alice that we had recently and how um, people were feeling more motivated just to to try something rather than feeling overwhelmed. So thank you so much, Alice, for coming on and for um, making that a great episode. And I think it's had a real impact on people. Me especially, I've been really thinking about my purchases when I go to the supermarket instead of just um, sort of mindlessly wandering around buying the same things I always buy, yeah? which is quite often what we do, isn't it? We just buy the same milk or the same whatever. Um, yeah, so actually thinking about things as I bought them at the supermarket was a <laughs> something different I've been doing. So, yeah, re- that was really awesome. So uh, this week on the podcast, I have a interview with the wonderful Amanda O'Brien. Now, um, Amanda is originally from Australia, but she's been in Japan for longer than me, 24 years. That's pretty amazing. And she is actually a designer. And she and her husband are a team that make up Jima Design. So um, they, her husband is an architect. She's an industrial designer. So together, they're like this dream team that um, creates these amazing, amazing houses. So um, in our recording today, um, you may hear a little bit of background noise because Amanda told me that her family um, were watching an important soccer game. It was Japan versus Mongolia or something like that. And that her house is completely open plan. There are no rooms in her house the only room she said is um the bathroom is the only sort of separate room in her house so completely open plan and noise does travel so um you may hear the the odd noise in the background about that so that's what that is yeah so i hope you enjoy this interview with amanda she has a wonderful outlook on life in japan and it just goes to show that, you know, anything is possible in this country, yeah? You can still um, find ways to work um, in your in your zone of genius if you really want to. So, um, yeah, here we go. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. Thanks so much for coming along today. Hi, Jane. Thanks so much for asking me. Yeah, I'm so excited, actually, because, um, you know, we met before in person and I don't think we've actually seen each other since then, have we? No. Since we met that time in Kyoto, that was like two years ago or something. That's right. That was such a great time. And I th- I really thought that we'd get together again since then, but I guess yeah. you know, time just passes by, doesn't it? Yep, it does. And so I thought I'm definitely going to get Amanda to come on the podcast and then I'll get to talk to her. So thanks so much. Something I had in mind when I invited you today. Yeah. So that was 
well, I don't, years ago, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't feel it's been that long because I do see you online a lot. That's true. I am online a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, I still can't believe it's been two years. Yeah. So um, I, Amanda had the privilege of being at one of my very first events that I'd ever, ever organised. Well, ever. I'm very proud to say it was it was one of your first guests. <laughs> yeah. That was just lucky I joined that one. That actually. you were lucky that you, mm. you came along. But um, honestly, um, when I look back to that time two years ago, I was so like stressed out and nervous that, you know, the things I'd chosen would be wrong or something would go wrong. And, um, and, and it was a fantastic weekend. We had so much fun in Kyoto and did our masterminding and things. And, now I'm just like, wow, who was that person, you know, who was, no, oh. I, you know, I feel like I've really moved on <laughs> since then. Yeah, it's um, funny how the first time you do it, you're so worried about how it'll go. And then usually things turn out all right, don't they? And that was, that was fantastic, that retreat. We got so much out of it. We did. We mm. did. And I really enjoyed um, the little tour you gave us around um, that part of Kyoto. It's sort of a bit more artsy sort of voice that thing is it um yeah I can't we even remember to, we went remember we went to that cafe and we had like pancakes or something it was quite late and we were walking around as a yes or? yeah it's um around Sanjo Sanjo okay yes mm. that's right we were walking around there Wow, you've got a good memory, Jane. Yeah, well, I've never, <sighs> I've never been to anywhere in Kyoto that's not like completely related to like temples or something. So when you took us to that area, I was mm. like, oh, this is interesting. Like, there is more to Kyoto than just like old stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's lots of nice cafes and um, yeah, the eating places in Kyoto is where I often go. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, so good yeah. memories of that trip. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so before we get too carried away, um, so yeah, Amanda, please uh, tell everyone a little bit about like, yeah, where you're from and where, how did you get to Japan and all of that? Thank you. Okay, yeah, I'm from Brisbane, Australia, and uh, I studied industrial design at university there. And uh, back then, the I, I studied industrial design, so designing of products and furniture. The manufacturing industry wasn't very strong in Brisbane, and I knew it would be difficult to get a job. So in my final year, I was out drinking with one of my classmates, and we just decided on that, that night, the spur of the moment, that why don't we just go to Japan and look at Japanese design? As you do, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the next day, we came back to university sober and we're, oh, well, we told everyone last night we're going to Japan, so we, well, well, we better just do it then. And so we, we finished the last day of school. We didn't even wait for the graduation, and we left on the next day and came to Japan. And I had to borrow money to get here. And um, I, so the, the friend that I came with left within six months and went back, but I still didn't have the money to pay back the person that I'd borrowed oh. money to get here. So I stayed for about two years and I lived in Tokyo and it was really hard to get a design job then because, well, I couldn't speak any Japanese and I didn't know anyone. I just turned up here. So I ended up working for Isuzu Motors teaching English to the design staff. That was as close as I could get to oh, a design wow. job. 
Um, so yeah, I stayed for two years and I left and went back to Australia and worked as a kitchen designer. But the ever since I'd been young, I knew I wanted to go somewhere and be somewhere, so somewhere else. So after that, I went and lived in London and I stayed there for two years and I met my husband there and he's from Osaka. So we came back together after two years in London and we settled in Osaka. So that's how I got here, <laughs> um, just on a night of drinking. <laughs> yeah, like that was the catalyst to that set off this whole yeah, that was Process, it. Yeah. It was and like you had a drinking night. You were like, let's go to Japan. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it, it, my was goodness. Like, it was just fate. I just happened to be out that night. And then in London too, I was passing someone, a woman from Iwate in a train station on my second day in London. And somehow we started a conversation and we ended up becoming flatmates and she's the one who introduced me to my husband. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, and so that is a very odd, odd in itself, like to yeah. meet someone in a train station and become friends and yes. flatmates, yeah? Yeah, so it was, it was destiny that I would end up back in Osaka, I think. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, so that was in, I, I came back here in 95 and um, we came back and we decided to start a architectural business together. Right. Tell us a little bit about your architectural business. Uh, so that's really how I, I um, became friends with my husband before we got married was that he was an architect and I'd studied architecture and industrial design. So we were very interested in the same things and we were both uh, coming from outside of England and enjoying the architecture. So we really got on very well in mm. Europe. So then we came back and he'd worked for some interesting architects and decided it was time to start his own business um so yeah we started the architecture business but um i i was teaching at that time as well just to help support us and um yeah our architecture business grew and grew and yeah we've still got it now so it's been 20 years i think wow having our business in osaka mm. hmm yeah. And what is this business called? <laughs> well, right. Well, so my husband's name's Higashijima. So it started off being uh, Higashijima Architects. And we changed the name about four or five years ago because it's such a difficult name to say. And remember, it's such a rare name. So we've mm. recently changed it to Jima Design, which is a lot easier. Yes. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we made a good choice to go from Higashijima Architects to Jima Design. So that's our new name. Very good. Yeah, I can imagine there were lots of like mistakes or mix-ups with the yeah. name before that, with that old name, yeah? That's right. It would either be Nishijima or Higashiyama. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, people just couldn't get it right. Or, or it's a very difficult kanji to read. We would often get Tojima instead mm -hmm. of Higashijima. Mm -hmm. mm. So Higashijima as a name in Japan is not It's common. very rare, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it basically comes from this somewhere around Kyushu. 
Um, yeah, so on the mainland, there's not many Higashijimas. Okay, mm. right. So if you go to Kyushu, it's potentially yeah. not so. It wouldn't be a problem there, maybe. Be a problem, <laughs> maybe. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. know what you mean here. And even like my family name is Nakata, right? Mm. But up here, there are no Nakatas. There are only Nakadas. And oh. so everybody, like, unless they call me Tanaka, which is also very common that they read the Right, that and would they be just completely mixed mistake. It up. Yeah, mm. I was always like Tanaka san, and people looking at me saying Tanaka san, and I'm like, who are you talking to? Because I'm not Tanaka. <laughs> and they're like, this foreigner doesn't even know what her name is. And I'm like, <laughs> reading it around the oh, wrong way. That's anyway, hilarious. Yeah, we get that a lot, Tanaka. Mm. Um, but yeah, no um, Nakatas up here, but um, mm. in Totori, yes. So. Well, I, for the first few years, it it would happen so often people would ring up to talk to Tojima-san and I'd say, sorry, you've got the wrong number. Aww. And it wasn't until one day that I'd realised, oh, that's another way to read this kanji. Oh, you've been like putting off all these <laughs> potential I had been, Yeah, I'd been <laughs> hanging up on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to answer the phone after that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we now have a real secretary. Oh, okay. Fabulous. That's that's hilarious. Mm. Yeah. Good old Japanese names, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, so how how does it work like being a foreigner working in an architectural firm in Japan? Yeah, well, um I think I thought at the beginning that we would have a lot of foreign clients. Right. But we haven't really had a lot of foreign clients at all. Um, I don't know why that is, um, but anyway, yeah, most of our, we've only had very few foreign clients. Most of our clients are just regular Japanese couples, but the one thing I'd say that, that stands out um, common amongst our customers is they're usually families with young kids and they want to do something different. They don't want to cookie cut a house. Mm -hmm. uh, they because that's very easy to buy in Japan, to yep. go to a housemaker and choose something off the plan. They want to have something that um, is really original to them. Maybe they've got some kind of hobby or interest and they want to portray that in their house or they want to have their house designed that lets them uh, take advantage of that kind of hobby or interest or they just want to, have their personality showing in their house. Nice. So I think they're the kind of customers that are drawn to us. Right. Yeah. So mm. what, what's one sort of example you have of a customer who wanted their, like their hobby to be incorporated in their house design? Right. Okay. So the one that probably stands out in my mind the most is uh, this couple who are, Japanese old Japanese castle maniacs mm. they love Japanese castles so they really wanted that theme in their house and right. so the exterior of their house does have elements that look like a Japanese castle it's it's unmistakable you'd look at it and go oh yeah that really looks like parts of a Japanese castle and and their door looks like a castle door wood with big um, brass um, metal parts all over their door right. and the little windows where the 
the soldiers could shoot out from or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. defend the castle. And then inside, they it's like a, a feudal town. So the castle's the centre, well, where the, the Lord is, mm-hmm. and then the surrounding part. So the centre, which is their living room, is is like the where the Lord is, and then the around areas are the 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 community part. So the the bathroom and the bedroom, well, the sleeping areas, I should say. So it's really designed like that feudal town mm-hmm. inside their house. Wow, they must like have gotten such a kick out of having a house like that, being yeah. huge castle fans. Yeah, well, I don't think there's many people have a house like that, so it's yeah it's unique and yeah (laughs) I'm thinking of the resale and I'm like (laughs) but you know Japanese people don't build a house to like resell it right they they build it to live in it forever don't they no that's right and I think if you are that obsessed with something you've got that house now that represents that you you don't want to move you want to stay there Mm. yeah so I, I can't imagine they will move yeah so complete different it's a different culture the way that um yeah people look at houses i think in japan mm. especially it's like a, a forever home that they're building mm. um and they intend to stay there and um, whether that happens or not but mm. um in new zealand for example and potentially australia is the same you buy whatever you can afford and then you trade up when you can afford to and then when you get to a certain age then you trade down again ah that's true release it? your equity as much yeah. as you can and all of that you know um, yeah. but that doesn't happen here so much so no I, I think what you find too is that after 30 years people will knock down their house but they'll just build the same kind of thing again yes so it's just a renewing of their house rather than a developing and uh, a developing idea is not that common more mm. just renew your house and make it look or uh, yeah look better right yeah so they'll be very happy to have the bathroom in exactly the same place and the same shape as long as it looks new right okay mm. <laughs> yeah um i really enjoyed our talk that we had in kyoto about the difference between going with like a regular housemaker mm. and working with an architect because my house that i have here in fukushima is built by a housemaker mm. um and we sort of talked about some of the you know is it more expensive and mm. and all of this sort of stuff and that was it really surprised me you know just how you know compatible like mm. working with an architect can be even to the cookie cutter type home you would think would be cheaper but right mm. yeah i think that can be a mistake people think if they're using just a housemaker that it's going to be cheaper. But that's definitely not always the case because um, all those costs that you wouldn't associate, all the advertising cost and those kind of things are are going to be in your product's price at the end of the day. Um, Whereas if you choose, well, even sometimes just choosing a builder, you have a lot more flexibility in what you're going to have in the house and then but with a builder it's just you and the builder by introducing an architect into the equation you've got someone else who is going to liaise between you and the builder and make sure you get the best deal so someone who's keeping the builder on track and doing the right thing by you um in the 
you know, the ideas of quality, making sure the house is exactly what you want. And on the financial side, getting you the best deal. Right. Yeah. So So that's a really mm. big part of our job is the negotiation stage and getting the first quote and then getting it to the position within the budget of the client. Yeah, so there you go. If you never considered have, working with an architect, if you're in, in the market for building your own home, there you go. So, mm-hmm. um, And so Jima Design, you work all over Japan though, even though you're based in Osaka, is that right? Well, that's right because um, w- it, you don't need to be in the place. Once you've seen the site, um, everything else is done where, wherever you are, you're ju- just doing it by your sketchbook or on your computer. Um, once it gets to construction, then, um, yeah, you want to be going to the site and seeing it. But the design stage, no, you, you can be anywhere you like. You could be in a different country. Right, yeah. Yeah, so we've done stuff in Hokkaido and, uh, yeah, other places. Yeah, very exciting. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I think um, I often put my feelers out to people I know in places I want to visit <laughs> for potential <laughs> clients. <laughs> so I've, I've lined up a friend of mine in the US. I've mm. kind of mentioned to her that we might need to come and do her house. <laughs> very good. Her next house. Yeah, very good. Mm. Yeah, travel with your work. That sounds what like about a... Sweden? <laughs> well, I'm not planning to build anything there at this point um i actually have somewhere to go to live when we get there we have an apartment sorted and everything um which was very lucky because they actually have a huge housing shortage in sweden at the moment oh do they Mm, yeah so um we had one choice of where we were going to live and it was that or nothing right Um, but it turned out and and i I'm going to say I manifested this because I just trusted that we would find the perfect apartment in the perfect location for our family. That was the perfect size. And we did, we have the perfect apartment. That was the only option. And it was a no brainer. I was like, Oh, well, ticks all the boxes. So, you know, let's just go with it. So yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. You've just got to manifest it. Everything will work out the way it's supposed to. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the topic of our, you know, of this podcast is all about transformation. So I'd love to hear a little bit about a transformation that has happened, well, that you've undergone. Right. Well, um, I think the biggest transformation I had was when I was probably about 18 and I was the shyest person you could imagine when I was growing up. I was so shy. I could not even talk to the teacher. If I had a question, that was just, there was just no way I could go up to the teacher and say, oh, excuse me, can you answer this? I found it really difficult to talk to adults and, um, yeah, talk to boys. Gosh, that was out of the question. Mm. And when I was about 18, I met this I was working with this other girl and she was so outgoing, just crazy outgoing. She would just talk to anyone and she just had this air of confidence. And it was funny because she wasn't that well educated. Um, I, I think I was already at university at this stage. So I'd already got into the architecture course. She 
maybe hadn't finished high school. I've forgotten. And then my brain kind of worked out, well, wow, she is not in the same league as me, but boy, does she look like she's going places. Mm-hmm. And I just started to, I think, um, what's that expression? Like fake it till you make it. I just started copying everything she did. Mm. And I just start when, when she would talk or the way she would act, I would just start copying her. And I don't know how long it took, but after I started copying her and pretending I was this really confident person who could talk to anyone somehow without even noticing it, I suddenly became to this, this person that could talk to people. And now that's, I think one of my, big jobs with GEMA design is I do a lot of networking. So I go to networking parties or events and I talk about GEMA design. And I, when you asked about, you asked me to be on this podcast and the transformation, I was thinking, wow, I never really could do this job that I'm doing now. If it hadn't been for that woman back then when I was 18. And um, yeah, I think that's, I said before that I also teach at university and that's one of the my main goals at university is to give that confidence to young kids because you do see a lot of kids especially in Japan who really lack confidence um yeah so that's kind of been one of my missions wow that's (laughs) such a good story and I'm like obviously I never would have guessed that you had a shy personality to start mm. with right um but you you wouldn't think so given the amanda that you know is here today <laughs> but it just goes to show doesn't it that mm. confidence is a learned behavior you know yeah. it's not you're not necessarily born with it that's right you can learn it and yes. you can practice it and practice makes not perfect but you know it you get better and better. Yeah, and you get better think, and you learn, oh, okay, if I do this, that happens. If I smile when I talk, people are more interested to hear what I have to say. Yes. <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for smiling around people, just that simple act, and you just appear so different yourself and, and yeah, you feel better too. You do, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I think, you know, um, Obviously, I, I, you know, even though I just said that I can't believe that you were so shy, like I was the same, you know, mm. very, very shy. And I wouldn't, um, like even a few years ago, I would be too terrified to reach out to someone and say, oh, would you be on my podcast or, mm. you know, um, that sort of thing. Um, or even like to reach out to someone and say, oh, you know, I've seen you on Instagram. I'm going to be mm. near you. Would you like to meet for coffee or something like yeah. that? was a huge thing for me but now I don't even think about it and it really yeah. is just a practice thing isn't it just yeah well I never would have guessed you were shy either right? but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can like, change introverted can and shy change. yeah 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 I think I still have introvert tendency well maybe it's more I'd need to just have quite I can't be around a lot of people for a long I I get out there and I can do the the talk and have a good time and then I need to just come home and be quiet for a while me too Mm. yeah like that that introvert part of you is probably never going to change it's always going Mm. to be there and you know we shouldn't ignore that 
but yeah, there's a part we can act the extrovert for mm. a certain amount of time. Yeah. And then we need to go and be introverted again to mm. recharge basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you exactly. and I don't get recharged by being with people. We get drained by being with people. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I, I do feel if I'm out for too long, it's like, okay, it's time to go. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, as opposed to the extrovert who gets charged up and energetic by being around people and they feel drained being alone. Mm. So um, that's the difference. But the thing is that, you know, us introverts can act the extrovert when we need to. And yeah. whereas the introvert uh, extroverts can't. Right. Kind of okay. you know, do, the yeah. other, do the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that was a really actually my, like um, I think it was almost exactly a year ago. I went mm. to California um, mm. to attend the Business by Design live, big mm. um, sort of e live event with yeah. um, James Wedmore in California, and right. um, I'm an introvert, right? So it was, yep. what was it? four days of being an extrovert, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that's, meeting that's people, hard. meeting people, meeting mm. people. And at the start of the um, the four days, James himself got up on stage and said, hey, all you introverts in here, there's no bigger introvert than me in this room. And I just want to tell you that you just need to play the mm. extrovert for these four days. And then right. you can go and lock yourself in your hotel room, do whatever you have to do. But just, you know, suck it up and play mm. it for the, this next three or four days or whatever it is. And yeah you'll be glad you did. And I was like, okay, challenge accepted. And I did yeah. it. I, I got through it. And at the, at night, um, after the event had finished and we'd sort of, we were leaving the venue, me and my friends, um, I'd be like, I'm just not going to talk now. Mm. You guys just talk because they were extroverts. Yeah. Right. And I'm right. just going to like walk along with you. And if I don't, talk, yeah. it's not, I'm not in a bad mood or anything. I'm just like recharging. And I could feel myself recharging as we walked yeah. along just by not speaking and, listening to them yeah i think that's really important yourself recognizing that you do need do need that time to be just quiet um it can be a real mistake to ignore that and keep you, you know, pushing yourself to like in that situation to have to talk to people that's a big mistake yeah so, i always yeah. wondered you know for a long time i thought i was broken you know like mm. why is it that i'm always the one who wants to go home and everybody else is like uh, let's go and do something else and i'm like no i'm done you know yeah. i just thought i was like this grumpy person you know and like my, my i can't sister imagine would, you as a grumpy person right? at all. But i just like get so over it and um my sister used to say to me you should get a job where you could don't have to talk to people that would be really uh, good for you and i was like yeah, I should. Or, you know, thinking that that would be, would solve the problem, but no, it wasn't that at all. It was just, I need shorter, <laughs> shorter yeah. time around other people, which yeah. has its challenges when you're a mother, right? You've oh, got, got a few kids, haven't you? Yes. Three kids. And yes. Yeah. It can be ongoing, can't it? With <laughs> sometimes with no break in sight, mm. but yeah, it does. You, time does pass quickly and well as you know my kids are growing up now and one's actually left left for Tokyo mm -hmm. so I still only have two I have two at home now um, and it's more to the point that I have a lot of time without them they're kind of like well I don't want to be around you now mum because they're teenagers so I'm kind of at the other side of the the kids at home fit 
you know, the, at first, like with, with you, they're around all the time, but I'm at the other side there, not wanting to be around me so much. <laughs> how, did you, how did you get through the, the, the needy, needy phase? Did you right. have any things? That, Cause you were just telling me before that your house is um, like very open plan. So like, there's nowhere to escape. Yeah, there is nowhere to escape. That's right. Um, I think when I have been just at my wit's end, I've just gone into my my futon and put the futon over my head and just told everyone, do not come near me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because yeah, we don't the only room we have is the bathroom. And yeah, there's nowhere to escape. Our house is completely open um, and very small which is, you know, mm. common in the city. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't have any good, good I can um, only advice. imagine what it must have been like. <laughs> and I do the same thing, though. I'm like, I'm going to my room. I'm going to shut the door. Nobody come in. Find something to do. Try not to kill yourselves. I'll be back. <laughs> that's yeah. What, that's what I do. Yeah. Well, I'm a totally the kind of person who, if a client comes along and says, oh, we want an open house with no rooms. We just want that New York loft look and it's all open. I say, well, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> Maybe just have one little room with a door and a lock. <laughs> You'll thank me for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now that the kids are, then there's only two left. I really like that our house is very open because it does feel a lot bigger. Um, but yeah, 10 years ago, I would have said, why do we not have a room with a lock on it? <laughs> for me. For me. Lock myself in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually That's today right. I, like, I was, I went to the toilet and I locked the door and I was like, Oh, thank God I can lock a door in this house. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's the small things to be grateful for, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the one other thing is that by having an open house is that it is always noisy. Right. Um, yeah. So like tonight we're having this conversation, but downstairs, because we've got a split level house and you can see through the the different floors. So everyone's downstairs watching the soccer now, but you can't hear it, can you? No, no, I no. I haven't heard much. No, no. No. Maybe one rah or something, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so it does mean you can kind of always hear people mm. in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about what's mm. coming up in the future for you, Wajima Designs. Mm. Um, well, at the moment, just, you know, on my day-to-day schedule stuff is um, I'm always looking for trying to put out our work. So I'm looking to um, enter the house that we finished last year in the Asia Design Prize competition. Mm. Um, we got a prize um, this in this year's competition for the house that I was talking about, the Castle House. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to enter that competition again and see what happens. So I'm always kind of on the lookout where we can, con- you know, promote or just get recognition for our work. And, um, well, of course, we're always, you know, got our ears to the ground looking for clients because we, we design houses that 
uh, one-offs and very original, uh, it's not like we have people lining up to, to get that kind of house. A lot of people would just want to have something that they can choose off a plan. So I don't know where our next client's coming from, but I'm looking forward to meeting them very soon. I'm sure they're uh, on their way to you. <laughs> they're on your way to you, yeah. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, we're kind how of wrapping. Some, yeah, how about something for you, just for you? Oh, well, I'm looking forward to going back to Australia for a holiday because we haven't been back for a while now and... So I've decided to go back for Christmas. So it'll be our first Christmas back in 10 years. Oh, wow. And I'm just really excited for the kids to have a Christmas in Australia because it is different here. Um, I mean, you have the idea of Christmas, but not really the feeling and the atmosphere of a Christmas at home. So that is a big thing I'm planning for at the moment. And... Uh, other things, I think, you know, coming into my later years in life, I've decided when I was young, my big thing was traveling and I wanted to go different places. So I've kind of made it my goal that I go somewhere every year. Um, I choose somewhere I want to go. This year we went to Spain and last year I went to France with my brothers and sisters so I'm just thinking where where would that be next but I haven't decided mm. yet um, but I don't want to let a year, year go past without doing something exciting I'd like to have an exciting travel adventure yeah that sounds great yeah so that'll that's my I think one of my big things for from here on um, yeah yeah I like the idea of going somewhere new every year or you know exploring somewhere every year yeah well as you know with little kids it is hard to, exactly. to travel isn't yeah. it we're always either this, these grandparents or those grandparents that's pretty much like we travel a lot because everybody mm. lives so far away but it's always pretty much the same place so um yeah from from the end of this year will be different because we will be in sweden so mm. we'll just have to make the most of the amazing places that are around us, obviously. Yeah. And we make the old trip back to Japan, I'm sure, but yeah. Um, yeah. Make the most of being in Europe. Yeah. Like, it's really easy just to get somewhere or be in, in, in your, like your everyday life and, and put those things off. But the more, um, yeah, just more and more, I realize that, well, there's really only today and, and you don't know what's going to happen. So are you really going to let another day go past without doing the things that you really want to do? Mm. I think when, when you asked me to come on this show, I started thinking about what were my dreams in life. Right. And I really worked out that I kind of covered them all already, which was a good feeling. And I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it before before this podcast so oh. I think the only thing left is just to make sure I enjoy every day that's great and I'm excited that this podcast gave you the chance to think about it to stop mm. and sort of think about oh 
look at what I have done and yeah oh, I'm pretty much there <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I talk to other people and they say oh I'm looking forward to retiring or you know I'm going to I'm going to go and live here or I'm going to go back to my home country or I'm going to do this and I don't feel that any I don't have those kind of feelings anymore I can't imagine stopping doing what I'm doing now I, I don't have any desire to re retire um, and I'm happy living where I'm living. The only difference, the only thing I might change is have more than one location to live in. Um, mm, yeah. So live part of the year here and live part of the year somewhere else. That'd be a good thing yeah, to do. Right. But I think I'm pretty settled in my life and happy where I, where I've got to now. Wow. Yeah, that's mm. awesome. Yeah. And everything else is a bonus, right? So Yeah, everything else is a bonus. Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, you've found a lot of um like peace, obviously. Um like Yeah. What is it? Um, what's that word in English that I can't remember? <laughs> Satisfaction. You know, yes. <laughs> I, I was gonna sing then, but I thought no, no, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I'm not the best singer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes can't speak English yeah um so yeah so much satisfaction and you know with where you are mm. and um you know yeah. yeah gratefulness gratitude for where you are and then um but yeah if anything else we're open to new adventures and new things that might pop up yeah 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 yeah, it's very easy not to be satisfied when you're not in your comfort zone, like in your own hometown. And I think it does take a fair bit of time to to feel like that in another country. So I'm glad I got here after 24 years. I'm finally <laughs> satisfied. <laughs> Hear that, ladies? 24 years. That <laughs> no. um, but, you know, seven, I'm at 17 now, 17 years here in Japan, and mm. I feel the same, you know, like I could be quite happy living here mm. now that I see that it's up to me, basically, yeah. um, that it's, you know, I can't escape myself wherever mm. I go something's gonna be wrong or different or whatever so I need to sort that out and when I when I've done that then I can yeah. see yep that's up to me to, to figure out what makes me happy and content and to go and get it or make it happen or find oh, it or whatever yeah yeah I totally agree with you on that yeah, there's no point just having expectations that someone else is going to fix the problems or make it better. You've just got to do it yourself. That's the only way to be satisfied. That's right. And, yeah, other people aren't going to make you happy. Like, mm. you know, um, you know, if I get my husband to move home with me or whatever, mm. you, know, it's, yeah. you know, you need to be happy in, with whatever it is that you have mm. and wherever you are. and you'll probably wake up one day and go, oh, what was I so unhappy about? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, having, you know, we were talking a little bit about when, you know, one partner has to work somewhere else, having that time by yourself can help you realize those things. Definitely. Yeah. That's yeah. something that I'm learning now while mm -hmm. um, my husband's not here and you've definitely lived with that for extended periods, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, with being working all over Japan and things. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
So I know there's been lots of times where it's like, there's a problem. Oh gosh, what am I going to do? Well, it's just me here. I'm just going to have to deal with it. And you got it. And I did eventually, I did eventually (laughs) after maybe some procrastination. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That was one of the fears actually that I had when, before my husband left um, Mm. to go to Sweden was, Oh, what if, things happen and I have to deal with them. And I was like, no, I just go across the street and ask my neighbors for help. <laughs> they will probably help me. Whatever yeah. it is, they'll sort it out. You know, if I need whatever I need, they can help. Oh, me, so. Doesn't it, it makes you stronger though. When those, when maybe, you know, you were saying you were really worried, um, having something that you're really worried or fearful about, and then just doing it just m- makes you feel so much stronger. Like, oh gosh, I can really handle anything now. I managed that. Um, yeah. It was, wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I did it. Yeah. That's I can often... do anything. I'm superwoman. I can do anything now. <laughs> <laughs> often it's worse in our heads than in reality, oh, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Like calling someone, like calling the doctor on the phone or whatever it is, you know, you get there. Yeah. Somehow. Maybe not yeah. in style, but you get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is hard using the telephone. I have to oh, agree. <laughs> yes, it's, I still hate using the telephone. But yes, uh, we'll, get, we'll get there too. One day we'll be yeah. we'll be like champion telephone users. They probably won't even have telephones then. But well, that's <laughs> right. They're phasing them out as we speak. We can just yeah. text. Exactly. Mm. Or fax. We'll still yeah. always be able to fax. I think in Japan anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh dear maybe not australia and new zealand no yeah at least in japan we're we're as long as we can fax in japan yeah that's Mm. that's all that matters right um i don't know why that still exists here but anyway it's Mm. very odd yeah someone asked me the other day um i was my cleaner she's like is that your fax machine going off upstairs and i'm like no i don't own a fax machine that's my printer you know (laughs) printing something Yeah, they'll have movies in another 20 years and other countries people won't know what the thing is in that Japanese living room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and someone have to that's a fax machine. Yeah, it still works. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us and, you know, just telling us about how things are in your part of the world and, you know, how you've created your life in Japan in a way that, you know, that you're satisfied with and you're happy with and um i really love how yeah you're always just looking for the next next thing that will be a bonus and yeah yeah, that's a great way to to live even though we're in japan you know there's no excuses not to have a great life in while we live in this country yeah yeah thanks so much for inviting me jane it was really a pleasure and lovely talking to you yeah, that was a, another bonus, wasn't it? Yeah, we mm, get to catch up. Yeah. yeah, we better not make it two years again till the I next know, time. I know, that's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, mm. no, that's right. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you in in real life again soon, then, Amanda. <laughs> All right, thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Amanda and I was so glad to be able to get a chance to talk to her again. It's been ages since we've talked to each other 
um, since we met in Kyoto those two years ago. Um, but she's so easy to get along with. And it was really surprising to hear that she was actually painfully, painfully shy. And it just goes to show that, you know, just because you've always been painfully shy, it doesn't mean that you have to be that way. And you can build your muscle in that area and start to um, try another way of being in certain situations, grow your confidence. And then, yeah, like we both mentioned that we'd been painfully shy or, you know, very um, hesitant to meet new people and things that doesn't have to stay like that. And I can definitely say that it's a confidence thing that comes from practice. So through the practice of being out there and meeting people, um, you can get the skills to do this. Whereas, for example, two years ago or three years ago, if you said to me, go to this um, networking event and there'll be, you know, 50 people there, good luck. I would have um, I would have probably had a small meltdown. But now I'm like, wow, 50 people. I wonder who I'll meet. That's so exciting. Um, there's bound to be some interesting people there. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's you know i've owned the only thing i've done is just gone out and tried and and had experiences and built my confidence through um through doing yeah rather than um just ad admitting defeat and leaving it at that so if that speaks to you then why not give it a go yeah give it just have a wee try and just know that you'll always be improving even a tiny bit yeah even if your next attempt at you know, meeting new people doesn't go fantastically, maybe it will go better than it did before. And it's all learning. Yeah. So um, yeah, go out there and give it a go. So I really encourage you not to be isolated and to feel like you have to be isolated because you're in Japan. Um, there are people out there that are just right for you, even, you know, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, so that was the interview with Amanda. If you have any questions for her, perhaps you'd like your house built by, <laughs> by her and her husband. Like, If you can check out um, on Facebook, if you look up Gemma Designs, you'll see um, you know, photos of things they've worked on, also photos of things um, on their website as well. If you go to their website, you'll see the castle house, I think, that she was talking about and some other really amazing houses that they've designed. And since I have, um, you know, as, you know, the cookie cutter type house that you can get from a housemaker, I was thinking, oh, if I ever build a house again, I'd love to um, challenge myself by going a different route and having a more original kind of home, like the kind of things, well, not maybe not quite to that extent, but something that suits my our, our lifestyle. And to know that, yeah, it can be a pleasant and it doesn't have to be an expensive experience, yeah, compared to working with a housemaker. So that's really great information for anyone building wherever you are. And if you are in Japan, to know that there are English-speaking architects and designers who, you know, are flexible and can work with you wherever you are in Japan. You don't have to be in Osaka. So that's Gemma Design. I will put all the links in the show notes. And, um, yeah, if you – you know, do reach out to Amanda to say that you heard about her on this podcast, okay? And if you want to come and join us in the podcast club, Amanda will be in there for this week at least, if not more. Um, and she'll be answering any questions you have or, you know, if you want to, you know, get to know her better, just come over and join us in the podcast club. I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well.
So have a wonderful week and I will see you again next time. I've got loads more good episodes coming and you'll hear from me next week. And I even have Jennifer Shinkai coming on the show um, soon after that. So really looking forward to that episode. Okay, have a good week. Bye-bye.